Hi, everyone, and welcome to Off the Red Carpet. I'm George Pinocchio, and thanks for joining us for this podcast. A lot of times we talk about things that are lighter and fun and comedic, perhaps, all in the entertainment world. Today, though, we're going to get more serious. We're going to talk about a documentary called A Nightmare in Las Vegas, and we're talking to the director of the film and one of the victims of the Las Vegas shooting. So I met this director, Charlie Min, many years ago. He's been making documentaries. He's done about two dozen now for quite some time. And he called and he pitched me his documentary, and he was very almost forceful. He really wanted to be interviewed and expected me to do the interview. And I was kind of amused by the force that he was pushing his product. So I had him come into the station. We had a really good talk. I've spoken to him about some of his other work along the way. And then he pitched me A Nightmare in Las Vegas. And I thought it would be something good to do since this story touched so many people all around the country. And it was something that came out of nowhere when the shots were fired. We heard a bunch of noise and it sounded like fireworks. But I knew right away that there were gunshots. And My husband, I'll never forget the look on his face because it was like he knew it wasn't firecrackers or fireworks. I knew that it was bad. I guess the big question that I have initially, because this was so traumatic for so many people, is what are you telling us that we don't already know? The victim's stories, uh, once again, the focus has been uh, on the killer. Uh, the stories from the victims are powerful, emotional, uh, stories of healing, heroism, and humanity, I think really need to be out in the forefront. I'm sick and tired of hearing about the killer. The killer's name is not mentioned once in the film. I also bring up a question that has not been asked um, at all, really. Why did police take 12 minutes to reach the killer's door? when the security guard, Jesus Campos, was shot and called in the room number right away when the mass shooting began. I think that's a problem, for it, that it took 12 minutes. Police were already inside the Mandalay Bay when the security guard called in uh, that shots were fired from room 32135. He said the suite number. Instead, everyone keeps asking the question, how did the shooter get all that ammo up there? Well, we saw what happened. The video has been released. And he took multiple trips to his house and back. He paid a bellman. And when you tip a bellman $10, they'll, they'll bring an elephant up for you. So to me, I, that's never been a concern for me, is how did he get the ammo up there as much as why did it take police 12 minutes to reach the killer's door? A lot of lives could have been saved. Do you get the answer to that? I didn't because police would not participate in the documentary. I, I made numerous inquiries to have them get involved. And I've always said, if you have nothing to hide, then how come you're not showing up and letting us know what truly happened that night. As you can imagine, for a lot of the victims, it was something difficult to retell their stories. But as hard as that may have been, most of the victims that Charlie spoke with were actually happy to have their stories told. 35 out of the 58 victims were from California, uh, a lot of them Southern, Southern California. I often call this uh, a California crime that happened in Nevada. I had so many victims from Southern California and this area, and their stories have been ignored, in my opinion. I'm amazed how this story has been forgotten about, honestly. Uh, we had over 500 people shot. What more do you want than that? Uh, the Florida High School, we had 500 less people shot in that on Valentine's Day, but it's getting 500 times more coverage. Uh, don't get me wrong, I'm glad the Florida High School is getting coverage. Those kids have stood up and been outspoken, good for them. How come the Vegas thing 
has literally gone in and out of the media like it didn't happen. I'm surprised you're not in Florida right now because you seem <laughs> to follow these big stories and you keep putting your reporter's hat back on right. just in a different form, not in TV news anymore. And that documentary could be made. I mean, uh, those kids, as I said, uh, tremendous guts to speak up and organize that March for Your Life event that they had a couple of weeks ago. And those kids are ferocious and they're relentless. I'd like to see more of that from the Vegas victims, to speak up more. Uh, people need to hear from the victims. Um, and those kids in Florida, kudos to them. Good job. Keep going. Uh, I'm rooting for you. Uh, victims' voices need to be heard more. I like that you have the support of people who were there. So you brought somebody with you today that is having to retell her story. Guts. I mean, Jasara is guts, plain and simple. Anyone who survives a gunshot wound, you have my deepest respect. I mean, that's heavy when you tell someone, I survived a gunshot wound. That will make you stop. That will make you silent for and humble you for a while. Uh, I can't imagine anyone who's been shot. That's tough. That's unfair. And uh, Jasara has my um, deepest respect. Jessera Riquejo loves music. She's from Southern California. She came with Charlie to do this interview with me. And when the time came for the Route 91 Music Festival, she was so excited to be there with her sister. She had no idea, nor did anyone, that that beautiful music festival would leave her absolutely traumatized. I witnessed... Um, my best friend, Natalie Grumet, being shot in the face. Is this still raw to you? It is. Yes, very much so. So when you go to bed at night, this comes into your thoughts? Absolutely. It takes me hours to fall asleep still, six months later. That's not good. No. Are you getting help for that? Uh, somewhat. I'm, I just had my last surgery a month and a half ago. So after coming off of that and, you know, pain medication and weaning yourself off of that, then you get to figure out how you're going to sleep on your own. Okay. So tell me where you were shot and what the end result was of the injury. I was shot in my right arm. Um, I was shot two times here, once here, once in the elbow, and then in my side, my right side. You so got three bullets? I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you just felt lucky to get out of that place still breathing. Absolutely inside is there something going on is there still terror or fear absolutely terror and fear every day every day i have to choose to tuck that away i have to choose to not let it overcome me so that i can continue my day and still be the mom and still be the wife and do all the normal things <laughs> explain the pandemonium that was going on because I'm guessing at this point you're bleeding and holding on to your sister. I am. I'm bleeding, I'm trying to wrap my arm up so that I could stop the bleeding and we're laying on the ground for a good minute. No one knew where it was coming from, what was going on. It felt like bullets were just raining down on us. Jacera's story is just one of many stories that Charlie told me he wants people to know about. And the reason he wants you to know about them is because he does not want you or anyone to forget the victims of this tragedy. I'm happy that the victims' stories will be told in this way. Uh, the stories that we don't hear are strangers shielding their bodies to take bullets for others. Uh, we have a victim section, a montage, where we see every murdered victim up on the screen, who they were, what they did for a living. 
So that's important. It's powerful. It's emotional. There's no doubt. People are going to literally stop. And if you ask the average person uh, who the Las Vegas shooter was and that person follows the news, chances are they'll go one for one. Now, if your next question is, can you name one out of the 58 murdered victims, they'd probably go 0 for 58. I'm trying to change that rhetoric. Every film has a similar pattern for me. It represents innocent people who have been murdered, and I'll keep fighting for them. Uh, I root for the underdog. I root for the people who don't get the ink. I was calling my daughter and leaving them a video in case something happened. We don't know what's going on, but somebody is shooting at this event that I'm working at. All right, home videos. I noticed there were several home videos. Did you just get permission from all sorts of people? Yes, I got lucky. I mean, usually, I mean, there are three ways to, to get video. A, you shoot it yourself. B, uh, you purchase it. And C, it gets donated to you. I prefer donations. <laughs> so I was lucky. Uh, the attorney who I'm working with on this film, she had some clients that said, sure, he can use it in the movies. That helped a lot. Um, we had Jason Hartman. He's a, a big real estate guy in this area. And he was up on top of the Mandalay Bay filming, literally just a few floors above where wow. the killer was. So he gave me that video. Raymond Page was down on uh, Las Vegas Boulevard. He gave me his video. And Corey Langdon in the, in the taxi cab. Uh, she gave me her video. I'm very lucky. This film, in many ways, was uh, very, I was very fortunate to pull this off, especially after six months. We knew something was going on, but we were just not reacting quite yet. And then um, once uh, Jason Aldean ran off stage, um, we kind of really knew something was really serious. For people who say, oh, Charlie, I don't know if I can sit through this pain all over again. What's the reward? Uh, I mean, my films are certainly not for everybody. Uh, people ask me all the time, why do you make such dark films that are so sad? And my answer is simple, because it's important. And uh, I'm happy with how the film turned out. I really hope people will come out and support the victims and watch this film and hear their stories. They're very impactful. Has talking about this helped you heal? Yes, absolutely. Wow. See, I guess that's a one good thing out of one really horrible incident. Yes. What have you said to other victims of this shooting that maybe has helped him or her feel better, get healthier, feel more confident? I've just tried to guide people to have peace and to learn the new them because we're different. We went there Friday night, somebody and we left Sunday, somebody else. And so I'd really, I, help, I try to help them understand that they're different and to embrace that different person and to love themselves again. Knowing that if I can make just one difference in one person and I can be that voice and they can find comfort and get through it, then I'm good. Thank you to Jacera and to Charlie Min for joining us today for this podcast. Uh, if you want to see A Nightmare in Las Vegas, you might have to look for it. It's not playing in every city. It will be in limited release wherever it is. But Charlie has a deal with Amazon Prime. So the plan right now is to make sure it is on Amazon Prime by October 1st, which is the one-year anniversary of the Las Vegas shooting. Thanks for joining us for Off the Red Carpet. I'm George Pinocchio, and we'll be back next week with something different. Stay tuned, everyone.